guys. Um, I am with a new friend of mine, Lauren Chandler. Um, her and I connected through a mutual virtual friend of ours, Rachel Joy. Rachel Joy and Lauren Chandler are affiliated with the Village Church. And Lauren Chandler is a a Bible stutter, a st- Bible study writer. She's a worship leader. Um, I would say it's fair to say she's all things Jesus. She's a pastor's wife. She has three kids. She lives in Dallas. And I learned of her, as I mentioned, through Rachel Joy, but specifically about this Bible study she's just written. And it's on the book of Numbers, which I'm sure many people don't sit down and study frequently. But after getting my hands on it um, firsthand, I was blown away on the things I have missed when I haven't actually sat down to give this book time. I, I will admit there are a few books in the Pentateuch and the first five books of the Bible. I will just kind of say, oh, it's genealogy. Oh, it's just repetitive. Oh, I've seen this. And what I've learned through your study, Lauren, is like, you got to sit down with it. Like the numbers matter. The repetition matters. Like the, the theme of wilderness matters. So I, I am eager as a student of the word, just to learn your heartbeat behind this Bible study numbers with us in the wilderness. And even I'd be curious to know, and I'm sure you'll share just how long, how long did this study take you to write and just all things kind of the heart behind it. So yeah, eager. Yeah. First first of all, thank you for inviting me to be here with you guys and, uh, just have a heart for, um, just this ministry and, and the women that are listening to this podcast and the women that the hearts of the women that put this podcast on. So I'm just honored to be here. And I just pray that, uh, there'd be some, something encouraging, uh, in our few minutes together, but, um, yeah, numbers is not your typical women's Bible study material. Um, but that's okay. You know, uh, it's all, it's all ours, you know, Mm -hmm. the truth is all ours. And I actually was reading through the Bible. I had a friend just encouraged me. I had probably read all parts of the Bible, but I'd never read through the Bible, like chronologically or um, anything like that. And so had a friend um, challenge me to do that. And so a few years ago, I started reading through, you know, Genesis, Exodus, struggled through Leviticus, and then I got to numbers and I w- actually had a copy of, she reads truth has this beautiful, like study Bible. And I'm really into aesthetics. So I thought, okay, if there's a Bible, I could actually read numbers in and maybe enjoy it a little bit more. It's this beautiful Bible. No, uh, God's word is beautiful, but let's be honest. Sometimes it can be cryptic and hard. And I'm just not always like waking up early in the morning, ready to read a genealogy, you know, of names I can't pronounce. And anyway, but I was started to be fascinated by the different stories I was reading and, you know, thinking, okay, these are real people, these names that I'm having a hard time pronouncing real people with real lives. And God has something important to say in numbers that was for them, but it's also for us now it's for his people for all time. And so I, I just got curious. I'm very curious by nature. If you know me, you know, I love Google. I love to Google things. I I'm sure, you know, whoever, I don't know if anyone tracks what we, what we Google, you know, like what questions we ask, but I'm sure they're like, wow, this is random. This <laughs> Google search is super. Ra- I mean, I was like, what did I, I Googled something about one of my plants. I Googled something about birds. I mean, I'm always Googling something. 
because uh, I'm just kind of curious by nature. And I thought, you know what? I am curious about the book of Numbers. And I'd done a Bible study with Lifeway uh, a few years ago called Steadfast Love. And that was about Psalm 107 and um, just the different um, trials that God's people had, had gone through in seasons of struggle, um, the, the desert or wilderness, um, uh, being in chains, being in folly, and then being caught in a storm. And so I was having lunch with some of their crew and they're like, so any ideas for a new Bible study? And I said, well, has anyone written about numbers? <laughs> and they're like, no, not yet. And so um, I'm sure there are Bible studies written about numbers. So I know I'm not the first, I know I won't be the last, but as far as what you'd find on the shelves at Lifeway there in the women's section, there wasn't one. So I thought, okay, well, let's, let's try Hi, let's do this. And so, um, started it, I think I started in August of 2009, uh, 2018 finished in two, no, no, 2019. Uh, I'm losing track. Cause you know, 2020 was oh, yes. crazy. like what, that, that year was like three months, but also 20 years. So <laughs> anyway, um, and so, uh, I think I started in August and I finished in, um, in that spring. And, um, it was it. So numbers is called in the, in the Jewish, um, uh, Bible, uh, in the wilderness. And I've always thought, come on ESV and all, and the, like <laughs> English speaking Bibles. Why can't we call this in the wilderness instead of numbers? I mean, they need some kind of marketing guru to help them out. <laughs> No, that's a good point. I'm actually, I didn't know that. I just thought that was your creative tagline for like numbers colon in the wilderness, but that's fascinating. It's called in the wilderness, um, in, in some of the Hebrew writings. And so I was like, okay, it's more about the wilderness than it is about a bunch of numbers and names. It's more about what God did with his people in the wilderness that, you know, he, he delivered them out of slavery. So there, he was bringing them out of slavery in Egypt and he purposefully brought them through the wilderness. They had to get to through the wilderness before they could enter the land that he'd promised to them. And so, um, and, and, and you'll see if you get, you know, if you read numbers, if you do the Bible study that, um, there could have been sort of a straight way through the wilderness, but God's people rebelled and, um, they, they didn't trust God. They didn't trust that he was who he says he was and that he would do what he said he would do, but instead um, thought that they knew better mm-hmm. and continually um, accused God of leading them astray and continually um, questioned Moses's leadership, which as a pastor's wife and going through kind of the last couple of years, in particular 2020, it was not an easy year to um, be in any kind of leadership or spotlight because it's like uh, you get judged for no matter what you do. And so, and I'm sure your, your listeners can identify with that where you just get judged. You just can't win. You can please this group, but then you're going to, you know, tick off this group. You know, there's no win in that. And so to see a man of God, Moses, like go through that and he did great sometimes and he fell flat on his face other times, but the Lord was still kind to him, was still good to him. And he was still kind to his people. Um, you know, even in the rebellion, um, he never removed his presence from them. And that's, 
astonishing and shocking. And yes, there were consequences. There were people who had to pay for their, their own, their own rebellion. Um, but for the most part, he preserved his people. He preserved his promise. He made a way for, to atone for their sin and rebellion. And even though he did not allow anyone who was in that first generation that was, um, that was, uh, came out of the, of slavery and, and wandered the desert in the wilderness. Um, he did let their children enter in the promised land. So there was hope, like mm-hmm. even when, and, and what's beautiful now, and we can look back is, um, we have the advantage of, of seeing Christ in numbers and that, um, that, that even in our rebellion, if we're willing to turn back to him, he will, uh, he'll respond. And, um, because Jesus has made a way for us to have access to God, no matter what, to have his presence with us, no matter what we've done, if we're willing to say, God, man, I, I messed up and I need you. And that his presence is never far off, even in the midst of our wilderness or our rebellion, that, that if we're willing to to cry out to him, he is always willing to respond. And so, yeah, there's so much good stuff in numbers. I could probably fill a few podcast episodes with all of it. So I think it's, um, I mean, you had mentioned you have a teenage daughter yeah, and, um, and I just think about, gosh, even like you said, even in the rebellion, God never removed his presence from them. And the reality is in your teens, love Jesus or not love Jesus, you're rebelling, right? You're, oh. you're seeking attention and just trying to go against the grain because sadly that's innate in us. Um, how does that like theme carry into motherhood in your household oh. or even gosh, even as a wife, like just not yeah. that I would think your husband is rebellious or your kids are like, like defiantly, but there's gotta be seasons of it. Where you're like, this can't be this can't be real, you know? Yeah. So how yeah. do you, yeah. What's the application as a realist in your home? Yeah. Like this? Um, what's interesting is as I was writing this, um, Bible study, we were going through a hard season with one of our kids and, you know, it's, I, you're, you're right. Our teenage years are for experimenting with our, um, our autonomy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes. um, it, it, there's good parts of that and they're bad. And, um, and I think for, as a mom, I just remember there was one day I was just really heartbroken over what I felt like was distance between this child and me, um, because of the choices they were making. And because of, I just, I wanted to draw that child close into me. Like I felt, I cried out to the Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And I remember he just gave me a picture of when that child was a baby and, uh, we were, I was in the hospital, like bleary eyed, like, what did I get myself into in this? Yeah. And that baby, that baby was crying. And I remember crawling on my hands and knees on the hospital bed to scoop that baby up and to hold that baby close. And I felt like the Lord say, that's what I want you to do. I want you to just scoop that, that child close hold that child close to your, to your heart. And I I think it is a picture of, um, of us and the Lord where, um, he, he does draw us close. Like his, 
his throne is a throne of grace because of, because of Christ's death and resurrection, what he paid for in us that in him, there is now no more condemnation. So we can approach God with confidence knowing that he's so eager to just draw us in, like, like I would have picked up that baby. And so, and that's, that was the picture he gave me in that time was just draw that child close to you and, and pray for, pray for that child and don't give up and I've got them. And so, um, yeah, I mean, as I'm writing this, thinking about a wilderness, my own child was going through a wilderness and, and then I was going through a wilderness, like trying, Matt and I were trying to navigate that with, um, our, our child. So, yeah, I was, it's funny. Well, not funny. I was afraid to ask. Cause I feel like God does that. He's like, oh yeah, you want to unpack this book? I'm going to bring it to life. So you understand it, which I think oh, yeah. in, his, in his kindness, he does that because, there's a responsibility as a teacher, right? When you're putting pen to paper and you're trying to draw others in to learn a specific book of the Bible, I've seen it. Sometimes I question like choosing Bible studies. I'm like, I don't know if I want to teach that (laughs) one because I'm not sure if I need to be sanctified in that book. I know, but it's how he works in his kindness. And I think it's, in my opinion, he does that to really illuminate. Like if you're putting pen to paper and, or you're putting your money where your mouth is, and you're going to teach this book. I'm going to take you through something so you can reteach and reemphasize this book is real, which is, absolutely. which is, I think, hopefully when you probably see that book on a bookshelf, you're like, man, I, that I, it would be neat if even on the inside cover, you read narrated that storyline, you know, just so you're yeah. like, I, I never want to forget my wilderness in 2019 slash 2020 for that yeah. reason. Um, that's cool. I mean, again, if women listening and men alone, whatever, but if you, if that alone, that theme doesn't draw you near to like really unpack that book. I mean, I was just blown away, Lauren, how you, you did so much good cross-referencing, which is incredible. That, that's so necessary just to say, oh my gosh, this is thematic. This is, I can point, keep pointing to your point to Jesus now that we have the opportunity to look back, but like Jesus is all over that book. Oh my gosh. All over it. I one just one more theological question. Like what is your favorite, like part of numbers? It's a long book, but what's your favorite part? Like that either relate to most or just like, that's it. Like that's the key. That part in particular is the best highlight from you personally. Mm -hmm. I I think I was, um, there's so much, I think there, there are two parts that stand out the most ones in number six, which I think is so interesting that, in the year that I was, you know, writing the bulk of this study, this song came out, but it's the blessing where it's the ironic blessing of, um, you know, that, that Aaron was to pray over bless the people with, you know, um, where, uh, you know, he's, I, I can't think of it right now. Cause my <laughs> brain is just, no, totally you're great. good. But just that, you know, that, um, may the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. And may, you know, he lift up his countenance on you. And, um, and so there's that, that song, the blessing that is basically that prayer, that blessing on the people of God. And that's such a good reminder. Cause I mean, it's in number six and there are 36 chapters of numbers. So it's pretty much at the beginning of, of everything and, and how significant that in 2020, that would be a song sung over the people of God in particular in 
in a worldwide wilderness um, when everything normal has just been ripped away from us Mm -hmm. and we're left wondering for the Lord to, to be like, okay, I'm blessing you in the midst of this wilderness and at the front end of this wilderness so that you'll remember this in the midst of the wilderness, when things get even harder than you thought it would, when, uh, by the time you thought that you'd be out of this wilderness by this point, and you're not, you're, you know, you're two years in and you have no idea you got 38 years to go, you know, and, and then, um, and then along those same lines, my, my, my second favorite part was, um, I call it kind of the curious case of, of, um, the prophet, the false prophet Balaam, where a King hires him to speak curses over the people of Israel. And, and, and here's, what's interesting about the story. Israel doesn't know this. So I'm so curious, like, okay, Lord, how, who did you tell? I'm sure the Holy spirit, I mean, of course he and Holy spirit inspired scripture and told, um, who we think probably Moses wrote this book, that this whole exchange was going on above their heads, but Balaam has been hired by this evil King to speak curses over Israel. He tells the evil King, I will only speak what God's told me to say. Um, and every time he opens his mouth, instead of curses, blessings fall out. And he's on this mountain speaking it over the people of God and he's blessing them when he was hired to curse them. And, um, and I just, I, I'm just in awe of how the Lord would bless his people when they had been so rebellious yeah. and when there was still like rebellion to come, mm-hmm. still unbelief to come. And yet he continued to speak and pour out blessings on them. Um, because he loved them because they were his, because they also were meant to, to, to carry this, um, message of God's glory and goodness to the ends of the earth, to be a blessing. So they were blessed so that they would be a blessing that you and I could, could know Christ, that you and I could enter into this love relationship that was always happening, that we get to be chosen and beloved with them. Um, And so I I just, I was impacted by that because I think a lot of times I I tend to be a a perfectionist. I tend to want to get it right. And I know if I get it right, then God will love me. And so to hear, to see in, in the book of numbers where God's people got it wrong a lot And, and yet, you know, but God continued to be faithful and he always made a way for them to return back to him. And so I think, I think that's important for us to remember that even if we feel like we've failed, um, so many times that it, it, God doesn't write us off, but he, he extends an invitation to us to return to him. Mm -hmm. And, and he is always, always, always waiting with open arms Um, and so, and, and sometimes he ordains a wilderness for us. Sometimes I think he ordained this wilderness for, for the church right now, this 2020, 2021, because it's, it's not getting much better by any stretch of the imagination. Um, because he wants, he wants us to forsake the things that we've put our hope and our trust in that are clearly not coming through for us. And, and and, and turn back to him, return back to him. Um, because he really is our only hope. And, 
And men and women in leadership will let us down. They will because they're human. And, and, but I also know God does still choose to use humans. And so I'm not giving up on human leadership completely, but I I'm just, I'm, I'm more confident in, in God than I am in them. And so, um, yeah, that those, those are the parts that really impacted me in numbers. Yeah. I mean, I think that the scary thing you just shared is that he does ordain a wilderness. Um, and I just would ask, and I feel like this is all things Lauren too, because it's, we're hearing little snippets of your life, but like when, and you may be like, I have no idea, but how, how would you say you've recognized a wilderness? Like, how do you recognize it? Cause oh, I yeah. think that the hiccup yeah. in numbers, they were like, they were almost unaware they were in it. Like they knew it was taking longer, yeah. but it's like, at what point would you think the light bulb will go off? Like if we just obey, perhaps this might become short. So how do you recognize a wilderness and what is, yeah. and you've walked through one or many, and like, what is your specific posture based on learning from our former Israelites and, you know, yeah. in numbers, like what, what's the, what's the do this? Don't do that. How do we yeah. maybe expedite the wilderness? Yeah. Um, potentially. Cause God's some, I mean, that's yeah. God's sovereignty in it, Yeah, but what can we do as ones that love Jesus to just say, yeah, I, I accept I'm in it, but here's my heart in the wilderness, which is yeah. a, not a fun place to be, to be very transparent. It's hard. But I think there is a responsibility that God's looking for his kids to just honor him in a way. So what would you say? How do we honor him and recognize the wilderness? Yeah, I think, I think, I think recognizing the wilderness, I feel like most people, if they're in a wilderness do recognize me and I'm in a really hard season. Like it's markedly harder than normal. Um, or it's the kind of season, wilderness season that's just um, dry and, and just a lot of longing without a lot of fulfillment. And so, um, where y- you are, you know, when I think about different wildernesses, so the Israelites, um, you know, their wilderness was uncomfortable. They had to move a lot, um, there wasn't a lot to eat. God still provided for them, but it, I mean, it was just enough for the day. Um, there wasn't a lot to drink. They were looking for water. Um, God provided out of a rock. Um, I think about David's, David's wilderness was him being pursued by Saul, like a man that wanted to, mur- the man who had been like a father figure to him felt threatened by him and wanted to murder him. Mm-hmm. And he felt like um, displaced and um, just hunted down like an animal persecuted. Um, and then I think about Jesus when he entered the wilderness for 40 days and, and he was tempted and he was hungry and he fasted. Um, I think there, there, there are those marks in a wilderness. And I think no two wildernesses, even for a person, uh, the same person are going to look the same. Um, you know, for me, I had one that was just marked by longing where I just, I was longing, um, for something. And I was looking to different things to fulfill that longing and nothing really was working. Hmm. And I think it was because the Lord was like, you keep looking towards these, what I would call broken wells, like these, these sources of, of satisfaction of water, you know, like someone in a wilderness searching for water. And I keep finding like these wells set up different places and I go and there's, it's dry, it's empty. There's nothing in there. Mm -hmm. And 
find, you know, the Lord just finally saying, would you, would you just stop looking in those wells and start looking at to me, you know? And so that was a wilderness. And then I had an, you know, another one where it was just, um, you know, a a hard time in, in a relationship where, um, there was just, uh, um, just a hard, like some brokenness in a relationship, kind of like a Saul and a David where Mm. I didn't feel like I was being pursued to be murdered or anything, but there was brokenness and loss in that relationship. And I I had a hard time reconciling it. I had a hard time knowing what, what was really going on. And so anyway, I think those are some general marks of, of a wilderness. And, um, I think how we can, maybe not, maybe not get a shortcut through the wilderness, but at least be on God's timeline, maybe in a wilderness Good is to be willing to, um, I think, like I said earlier, just to turn to him and be like, whatever I've been doing is not working. And I, I, I need to just set my eyes on you Mm -hmm. and you're who I want to please. Not all these other people. Yeah not even kind of people that I respect in my life, but, but you, and, um, and to look to him for, um, also just my identity, just like who you tell me who I am. I'm, I'm tired of trying to figure it out for myself. I'm tired of looking at other people to tell me, who do you say that I am? And, and what, what purpose do you have for my life? Um, I'm going to, I'm tired of looking and comparing. I want to look towards you, God, and you, you show me. Um, mm. And then also God, you, you show me who you are and maybe some places that I've, I've assumed is true about you, but it's not, or maybe I've built uh, an idol or I've built something that I thought was you, but it's not. And, and maybe he's using that wilderness to kind of dismantle that, um, so that he can, um, establish to you who he, who he really is, um, that he is holy, but he's also uh, merciful and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And, and what does that mean? Like, what does that actually mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think turning to him by, one, um, getting in the word of God to being honest, like just being gut level, honest with where you are with him. Um, I had a moment when, um, I was just, it was just a hard season. I can't even remember what it was, but I felt like the Lord told me to go to the sanctuary. It was like on a Tuesday morning at our church. It was dark. I had to like prop a door open so I could see inside. (laughs) And I felt like the Lord wanted me to just pour out my heart. Like, so at the beginning of first Samuel, there's a story about Hannah who's barren and she just goes to the temple and she pours out her heart before the Lord. And she's pouring it so like emotionally that like the, the priest sees her and thinks she's drunk. So it's a crazy story. Read it. It's so super interesting, but, um, I felt like the Lord was like, go. And I just want you to pour your heart out like Hannah and just be honest with where you are. 
and the Lord met me there. And I didn't stay in kind of my grievances or disappointments, but I got them off my chest. And, um, and then I, I even confessed the shame that I felt for, for having those grievances and having those disappointments. And I felt the grace of God just wash over me in that moment where he was like, you know what? I I got that. I've covered it. Um, um, there is grace towards you. There's not condemnation. And I forgive you for, for all this. Um, and I'm big enough to take it. So I think being honest, being in the word and, and then always just coming back to him, being in prayer, like communicating with him, even if it's like in the car or in the shower or whatever it looks like to just say, God, I'm here. I want to hear from you. I want to talk to you. I need you in this moment. Oh my gosh, Lauren. I feel like I just got like ministered to on all things. I'm like, yes, all the, all the above. I think, gosh, you said so many good things. I'm over here actually writing notes on a piece of paper as you're, I, I just, because it's sometimes you, you say it once and you can't say it again. You're like, what did I yeah. say? And it just, you know, I think what's some key takeaways you said, sometimes God uses a wilderness to dismantle an idol. And if that's not what he's done in 2020 into 2021, <laughs> I think it's, I mean, it's healthy though. I think the humble recognition is when you see those idols crumble, be okay yeah. with it. That that's, yeah. there's divine intention in that. Right. Um, so that's cool. I mean, I just, that's a great perspective. And I just, I love that you said, not only do you want to like, remember who you are in God's sight, but also see more of him. I yeah. think it, it's gotta be reciprocated, right? We yeah. always ask like, tell me who I am, but in order to even know who you are in Christ, you need to know who he is. Right. So man, I just, I think, um, clearly it makes me want to, I mean, I I've gone through your study, but I want to go through it again, because just with the lens of like, what are you hungering for that you, you can't satisfy in this world? What are you being tempted by? You, you said like, what are you longing for? Um, what broken wells are you seeking? And it's just those things through the lens of numbers would help probably uproot some stuff. We don't want to even like address or label, but I love how you closed it all off with that story of like in the, in the humble confession, he yeah. met you. Right. And there's something so embarrassing sometimes about being like, here's what I'm thinking, feeling, desiring. And God's like, great. I just needed to hear it again. I yeah. already know. I knew, right. I knew that, but Lauren, I needed you to get on your knees and say, here's my stuff yet again. And yep. I just love that the encounter was one of grace, mercy. And just like that, that storyline you shared in the beginning, like just drawing you back in saying, cool, I, I knew it, but I just need to hear it. I just, I think confession's a lost art in the church um, mm-hmm. because we don't want to go there. Even if it's so, even in the, even the quiet space, but I love that's how you shared like a deep moment of like him just re-reminding you, like taking you yeah. out of the wilderness, like being, I don't know. That was just, again, not that any of this is scripted, but I love that's kind of how you closed it off. Like in the dark place in the ugly, probably tear-filled confession yeah. you felt him most. And I just, I think people listening need to know, like, you can do that still. Like, even if you hear this, like, go if you feel the tug of the spirit, like find a space, pour it out yet again. He already knows. He just, there's something supernatural when we humbly confess and it's, it's biblical. I mean, let's be very transparent, but I just think the art of confession has gone by the wayside and I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but I love that you shared that that's, that was a moment of him drawing you in deepest, probably in that season. Dang. Um, okay. Well, I, I do hope, I mean, I, I think it's looking back at your steadfast love Bible study. I mean, you've got a theme going and now you have numbers. I, I, I do. <laughs> I, I can't wait till your lifeway folks sit you down again and say what next, but I think yeah. you're, you're pursuing the, the female's heart in every facet, mm-hmm. because these are things we, 
know, but don't want to talk about to some degree. Yeah. And I think it's, I just, I applaud you for going there because it's, they're timely words. And I think by no coincidence, did you put this book into, um, you know, into the Christian space at the most timely moment. So I would just challenge women listening, especially like if you are in what we've defined now pretty clearly as a wilderness, pick up the book, like, and just sit with mm-hmm. it and be okay with, I think the struggle in the book is you want to get through it. Like, don't like just yeah. go against the grain, the lie of the enemy. You got to just quickly accelerate. Like that's the point, like just sit with the uncomfortableness, um, and kind of painfulness of numbers, but the way, way you've navigated your language and your, you know, your deeper dives are just, it helps unpack this theme. So I just, one, thank you for your time. You're yeah, a gift, yeah. but I just, I would just keep saying, I know you've got three kids and you, you've got a plate full, but keep writing please, because thank your you. books are, you go there. And I, I like that. It's refreshing, you know, because it's, you took up a book that probably nobody wanted to sit with, but we need to sit with that one. And my goodness, after doing it myself, but now going back again, I'm going to think with those four things you categorized before and just, yeah. that's, um, it's good. It's good conviction. You need to recognize, but numbers can draw that out ironically. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are a gift. Um, yeah, I just, I am eager to hear what you put out into the Lifeway Christian space next, but, um, do you, I mean, just shameless, do you have anything on the horizon? Do you already thinking about anything? Uh, the only thing on the horizon right now is another. So I wrote a children's book too, called goodbye to goodbyes. Um, and then there's one possibly on the horizon, cool. uh, with Lifeway, another children's okay. book. So, okay. Yeah. Well, please. That's I mean, it. yeah, keep us posted, but I think, um, okay. yeah, it's this, this study is one for the books. It's really, it's, and I just, I love that it carries deeper meaning in your life because you lived it, you know, yeah. for better, or for worse, you know? Um, okay, Lauren, thank you. I hope we do this again. You are a gift yeah, and I really love appreciate that. this. This has been Thanks. awesome. Thank you for listening to the Recalibrated Podcast with Mallory Brown. This podcast is part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories intersecting sports and faith, check out sportsspectrum.com. Thank you.